please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Everyone's ready? Ready. Ready. Steady. All right, team, let's go. (laughs) Hi, guys. Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Lisa Ryan. And I'm Caitlin Menza. And it's time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. We love the Facebook group. I also know in my heart that that's, it's so nice to know that we're going to have a place to discuss the baby when it arrives. Yes, yes. Like the very first thing I'm going to do is, well, first I'm going to text Lisa. I'm sorry, guys. I'll text Lisa first <laughs> and then I will join right into the Facebook group and we'll get going. Yes, we can't wait. Some, something to look forward to. Yes. Oh, yes. And we should say there's no baby yet at the time we're no recording. No baby yet. We got to say that each episode because like, what if? No baby yet. Yes. So um, please subscribe to the podcast and leave us the royal rating of a five-star review. Um, this week, we are chatting about Charles and Camilla's anniversary. And then we have some pre-baby Sussex updates. And guess what? The crown has its Diana. I'm excited. And I'm enraged. Yes. <laughs> you know how this is going to go. Not because of who Diana is. No, but... no, no. The actress looks lovely and she seems perfect for this role, but I'm enraged. Yeah. You can anticipate where this is going. Yes. Caitlin's a very impatient person. Indeed. I don't know if anyone's noticed. Indeed. So this week we have a royal refreshment. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. Um, This week we're drinking pink champagne. It's exactly the kind of royal refreshment we would have if... I don't know, a baby had arrived, but yes, no baby yet. So we'll just start drinking it every single day <laughs> yes. until. Cheers. Cheers. It is delicious. God, I really needed that. <laughs> it is delicious and it is calming the anguish I feel about the fact that we have no baby and no crown season three. Well, eventually we will have both of those. So you just need to learn to be a better person, I guess. Wow, wow, wow. Sorry, I'm just slinging the insults. I had one (laughs) sip of this rosé and I'm a horrible person already. In vino veritas, I see how it is. Okay, so we have a listener email. Yes. From Meredith. Meredith, subject line, I am in love with three E's. Um, Great start. Yes. We love being loved. I love being loved. We loved you. We love you, Meredith. Wendy, we do. May I read this one? Yes, please. Hi, Queens. That's how it opens. <laughs> She's already our best friend. Already the best. I have fallen hard for y'all's podcast. I completed my master's in the UK last year, and I'm still adjusting to being back in the US after living in London. It's been rough. I recently discovered your podcast, and I just wanted to say that I love your hilarious coverage of the royal family, and it makes me feel like I'm back across the pond. I was never a big royal fan. Can't relate. Mm-mm. Can't relate. But my classmates dragged me to the broadcast of Meghan and Harry's wedding that was being shown on a massive screen in Piccadilly Circus. I was instantly obsessed. I also can't relate. with Can't relate, but that sounds really cool. It sounds really cool. And also, I just want to say, I'm really proud of you for getting your master's. <laughs> I wish that I had gone to grad school. It's one of my biggest regrets. I feel like that has come up like several episodes this spring. I know. When I... This is such a tangent. But when I thought maybe I would win the Powerball, but then I never bought a ticket, I wrote a list of stuff I was going to do. And one of them was get my MFA in creative writing. MFA? Yeah, I know, right? Wow. Only if I was rich. You do plenty of writing. You don't need more writing. But am I a master? Of fine arts. You're a master of my heart. Anyway, getting right back to it. <laughs> Meredith says I she so she was watching them on the massive screen at Piccadilly. I was instantly obsessed. I absolutely adore Megan and can't get enough of her amazing sense of style. I can't wait for baby Sussex and I'm so pumped to be on this journey with y'all. Warmest regards, Meredith. Um 
I am indeed pumped as well to be on this journey with you, Meredith. So Meredith sounds super chill and really smart and really accomplished. And again, congratulations (laughs) on your accomplishment with the master's degree. So then we have this week in royal history, and it's a, a major one. And now, this week in royal history. Yes, Charles and Camilla's wedding anniversary, April 9th, 2005, when we were still in high school. Yeah, 2005 was um, both mine and Lisa's senior year of high school. And I was, like, I've as we've discussed, I was always a Royals fan, but I don't think I was taking that in at the time. Oh, yeah, I absolutely did not care. April 2005, I was about to declare what college I would go to, and I was, like, buying a prom dress and that kind of stuff. I was waitressing at Carabas, which is an Italian chain <laughs> owned by Outback Steakhouse, to afford my trip backpacking through Europe. Beautiful. Um, that's really, we're, we're giving you a vision, right? <laughs> I was steaming my Jessica McClintock dress. Uh, it was a beautiful, beautiful time. But while that was happening, Charles and Camilla were getting married. Um, they, like we said, April 9th, 2005, um, they got married at Windsor Castle, which, you know, wow, that's really a, a popular venue for these folks, huh? I guess like they have their pick of the litter and they always go with Windsor Castle. I know. So I guess all my friends have to get married there now. I I guess so. Much better than like all the lofts in Queens or wherever else people are getting married in our friend group these days. But I I think we have to go to Windsor. Yes. Like, why does everyone choose this castle? It must be very lovely. I mean, I know it's lovely because I watched the ceremony, you know, of Harry and Meghan's, but it sounds amazing. Yes. So April 9th, they got married and we're reading from a People magazine article from the time. And it says, a beaming Prince Harry pecked his new stepmom goodbye on both cheeks, followed by an equally affectionate Prince William. Yeah, so I looked up their ages at the time. Um, I had to write this down because um, super quick math is not my skill. Uh, (laughs) Prince William. You have so many skills. uh, So many skills, but not this one. Prince William was 22 at the time and Prince Harry was 20, um, which is like kind of an interesting age to go through something like this. I don't know. Just like some interesting context. Like they're grown up, but it's still like never, it's still tough to watch your parents remarry. I don't know. Just, just saying. Um, But the People article notes that the Windsor boys had never been photographed alongside Camilla until this day, which seems sort of significant. That's really interesting. And then, so I think we've discussed this before, but the boys um, decorated graffiti reading C&C and just married on the Bentley that Charles and Camilla drove off in. And then the wedding had 750 guests. So it was a low-key affair. A low-key affair, but the people <laughs> people notes two of the guests, Phil Collins and Joan Rivers. What a guest list. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. I love that. And also some other like very bizarre details from this article. Um, people notes that the British newspaper News of the World, RIP, um, employed a <laughs> lip reader to watch Harry, William, and Tom Parker Bowles, Camilla's son, discussing things as the couple drove off. Really? Yeah. And ah. I, think, I know. And it's so funny that people would choose to quote that because I usually think people's like a bit above that. But they noted... 2005 was a different time. It was a different time. News of the World is now defunct. So, um, But they claim, the lip reader claimed that William turned to Tom Parker Bowles and said, well, I'm happy with that. And Tom said, yep, me me too. <laughs> like, okay. That's like the nicest basic thing you can say. Yeah, it wasn't like, oh, we're done with those two a-holes. So I got to say something interesting from this article. It says, at a tea and finger food reception at, in Windsor Castle State Apartments, the queen who skipped the civil ceremony likened the couple's romance to obstacles in a horse race. Because of course she did. Of course, right? <laughs> um, she said, my son is home and dry with a woman he loves. Welcome to the winner's enclosure. 
What? I don't understand any of that. What? We're not horse people. I'm sure it makes total sense and is very sweet for horse people, but we don't know. If a horse person is listening, can you like write to us info at gallery podcast to talk out how weird this is? It honestly reminds me of remember in Wedding Crashers where the one of the first weddings they or not the first wedding, the like the major wedding that they crashed with Rachel McAdams and Isla Fisher, that the whole thing is sort of in weird like sailor talk, you know, like a, it's all a sailor metaphor. That's what this sounds like. Because but with horses, what with horses, because when you get down to it, that's a very weird sentence for the queen to say. My son is home and dry with the woman he loves. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> but maybe it's not weird to the UK horse community. <laughs> so we don't judge. I, I, I'm judging a little bit. Um, but yeah, so that that happened. Um, and then they went on a honeymoon in Scotland. Yeah, sure. Very appropriate. Um, yeah. They do love Scotland and still do. Have you been? I've not. Uh, yes. One of my best friends, Scarlett, she studied uh, there. She got her master's degree there last year and in Edinburgh. So, of course, I went to visit. I think I've talked about it on the pod before because I went to Hollyrood House and they have. Oh, you did talk about that. Yes. Yeah. I blocked it out because I hate how you've traveled everywhere <laughs> that I want to go. But if anyone listening ever goes to Scotland and goes to Hollyrood House, there are pictures of Prince Harry looking at door. I mean, there's lots of pictures of the royals inside, but there's an amazing picture of Prince Harry wearing a kilt at like age six and looking you know, rascally. So it's really cute. Um, so yeah, those two, uh, happy 14th anniversary there. I follow the Clarence house, you know, on all their social media. And they said something today, like, thanks to everyone for all of the well wishes from all around the world. And I was like, with respect, how many thousands of wishes were you two getting for your 14th wedding anniversary? <laughs> Not to be a wench about it, but like, <laughs> are we really outpouring of love for Charles and Camilla? Just saying. I've been trying to be more positive and less gossipy, so I'm wow. Not, what, I'm not, you, what are you trying to frame me as, huh? I I'm, see how it is. That's fine. You're not saying anything bad, Caitlin. I'm just saying that everyone here knows what I'm thinking, but I'm not saying it. Oh, I see. I see. You're being quite Southern about it. I'm being the best person in the world. <laughs> I'm an effing saint right now. Can't I'm you tell? I'm trying to be the best person I can be. So let's see. So it's Charles and Camilla's anniversary this week, but then also we found a really nice article on Pop Sugar where they had 25 facts about their relationship, which is helpful for us to like find some facts. Listen, I love a listicle. Okay. There's I a reason do why too. there's a reason why we write them on the internet. Right? It makes things easier. So we're not gonna read all 25 because we will not rip someone's entire work. So you guys should look it up yourselves. But um so according to this list, Charles and Camilla first met at a dinner party in 71, 1971. Um, and they were introduced by Charles, Charles's college girlfriend, Lucia Santa Cruz. And can I just say, we've covered this a bit in the past because I remember this just, I don't know what we were discussing, but it just came up. The fact that the two of them were involved in like a love quadrangle. Like they're, it's so complicated to explain like how they, like she, he was dating, they met when he was dating her friend and then like she dated his friend and you just are like, what was the aristocracy in the seventies? And then they couldn't be together. And so then she connected with her ex-boyfriend again, Andrew Parker Bowles, and that's how they wound up married. I deeply hope all of this plays out in the crown season three. We know that they have cast a Charles and a Camilla. I think it'll be at least, this is not from insider knowledge. It's all speculation. But I assume it'll be a little bit of that. And then season four, now that we know that season four has a Diana, 
Maybe a little bit more. Yeah. I just think it's genuinely fascinating that they all like dated each other's friends because it sounds like Melrose Place. It sounds like Vanderpump Rules, which (laughs) I've now been watching, but they all date each other. It's actually very disturbing. I mean, I do think friend groups do that. Um, I can't completely relate because I have no male friends, but I do think friend groups do that. But I think theirs is like particularly sort of incestuous, but they started dating and then they couldn't get married because, and history says this, it's not just like us being prurient but like she wasn't a virgin i think that sucks so i know that i have always been i don't like to say teams because i feel like i'm a t-shirt i know i've always been team diana but like excuse me i know it's really gonna tell a woman what she can do with her body excuse me it is gross Um, i've had like several sips of rosé so i'm ready to (laughs) preach but yeah so they they couldn't get married um, for all that reason and so many more. And she wasn't born into an aristocratic family. Yeah, which also seems like a pretty solid reason, whereas uh, Diana was from a much more noble family. And thankfully, they've like relax the rules yes as we as we clearly know but andrew's andrew and camilla got engaged in march 1973 um and married in 74 and of course charles married diana in 1981 camilla was there how weird camilla was there so she was at both of his weddings that's yikes <laughs> yikes yeah so that that happened um and of course we know about the cheating la 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 moving past it tampon gate tampon gate ew (laughs) um but they what what interests me one of these facts (laughs) sorry is that they formalized their relationship again in 1999 when they attended camilla's sister's 50th birthday party together it was like them sort of officially re-entering the scene as a couple and in 2005 the queen gave their permit gave her permission for them to get married um so it feels like it was a very long time coming, but in the grand scheme of things, it it wasn't really like they were only out publicly as a couple for six years before they got married. Only six years. I mean, so, I don't know. I'm going to share my opinion and I hope no tabloids are quoting me. Ooh, on this, I'm straightening up because this is just an opinion of a person <laughs> who was a child while this was happening. Sure. I I grew up with Princess Diana. Like I worshipped her. Like, I mean, the listener that wrote in last week, like. With People Magazine, she was on the covers. I just yeah. thought she was so wonderful, and I just thought that it was so lovely that she did so much charity work. And so I, of course, was always like Ugh, about this whole thing. Yeah, but I mean, there's something to be said for like meeting the love of your life when you're young and still loving them when you're old. Like, yeah, no, they've been in love for almost forty years. Like, yeah. it's really remarkable. So whatever. Of those feelings I have. I like to think you've softened because uh, dedicated listeners of the pod might recall like episode three or so us fighting about this and you saying that I support cheating, which I think my boyfriend listened to that (laughs) episode and didn't appreciate. I was like, I don't support cheating. I feel like no one can take anything I said on a podcast a year ago, this podcast, seriously. (laughs) (laughs) No, I. it's just it's complicated. Um, I'm happy they're happy now. I guess the end. So that's maybe where we can end our Charles and Cam conversation. So I guess the gist is I'm really soft and nice now. Oh, I see. Uh, what a year it has been. Actually, wait, no, JK, I'm going to say one more thing from the Pop Sugar list. Um, number 23 on their list is from British royal biographer Jenny 
uh, sorry, Penny Jr. And she said that Camilla brings out the lighter side of Charles. Quote, she has given Charles belief in himself that he's never had before, and that has made him much more likable and therefore much more popular. And popularity is vital in a modern day monarch. He's no longer angst ridden and tortured. He's relaxed. He's humorous. He's teasing and he looks happy. The public wants to engage with him again. And she made that happen. So it's really interesting. It's like she was why he was unpopular there for quite a while. But then she made him the happy guy he is and is probably making him a better royal. So it's tough to argue with that, I guess. Yeah, that's true. I mean, love is love. Love is love. And they looked really cute. On They look really cute at the, all their events. And of course, you know, my heart was smushed into smithereens when they released those photos um, by Chris Jackson for his 70th birthday with them on the bench, the bench series where Prince Louis is grabbing him by the nose. Like, you know, she does soften him a lot. So I'm happy they're happy. Happy 14th anniversary to those two. I hope you don't listen to what I just said. And if you do, <laughs> sorry. It's um, not new to them, okay? It's not new information. So now we're going to chat about some pre-baby updates for the Sussexes because obviously the baby isn't here. Everyone is waiting. And I feel I feel bad for waiting because, you know, we both have friends who have had children. We haven't had children. And I was just like Facebook messaging with someone in the Facebook group who has a child. Like, or we, like we know there's a lot that goes into or it. Or it's more like, Okay, so we're uncomfortable waiting. I bet Megan's not thrilled to have like... Yeah, thank you for saying that so eloquently. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Did I? Thank you. Uh, But yeah, she has like potentially an eight-pound fetus pressing down on her kidneys. I I feel bad being like, let's find out information about your health and your baby because I'd want everyone to be happy and healthy. But so we have some updates. But they are tiding us over while we wait. So thank you to the Sussex couple. So we love this new face. Sorry, Facebook. Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) We love this new Instagram account that they have because they have been active on it, which has been really wonderful. So can I just say, by the way, regarding that. So they introduced the Instagram account last week. You know, we discussed it in last week's episode. I was overjoyed, obviously, but I really didn't anticipate that they would use it as much as they already do. Was it last week or it was, was it two weeks ago? It was I, last week. God, I can't remember time. The time. It was only last week, but they've posted so much. And one of the first things that they posted that we didn't get to discuss was a sort of behind the scenes photo of their trip to Botswana, which was so amazing. The August 2017 trip for Megan's birthday. Yes. And they were doing some conservation work. And that was that was amazing. And it's like a deep cut, for lack of a better term. Like that one feels like it was purely for the fans because most people who are a casual fan, not like ourselves, or just people who barely follow the royals would be like, oh, look, it's, you know, Megan and Harry with an elephant. But of course, to us, we're like, oh, my God. It's a Botswana trip. We know Botswana is like a very special country to them. It's where they went on their freaking second or third date and fell in love under the stars. As we saw depicted on Lifetime. (laughs) Exactly. So we know it's a special place for them. And here they are revealing a very private photo of themselves on one of those trips, like when they were first falling in love before they were engaged, before they were even publicly out. No, that's not it. No? It was her birthday trip. Yeah, but it was August 2017. They didn't even really go public till September 2017. The Invictus Games were 20. When was the Vanity Fair article? Was October. 
or November 2017. I don't remember time. The point is, it's sort of, I mean, regardless, it's a private photo. It was from their own, like, private trip to Botswana. So I feel like it was a very special, like, gift to the fans. Oh, it was definitely. For and them it was, to show something like that. And it was such a wonderful insight into, like, how they spend their time as a couple. They are so into the activism that they do. They're hugging so, elephants in their spare time. That's what they're doing. Wish I could do that. I know. So, um... Last week, we chatted about the Global Sussex Baby Shower that was started by her fans, the grassroots people um, on Twitter who were just so loyal and so active and so wonderful. And I think it's so inspiring what they did. So the Sussexes posted what an, what an incredibly sp- special surprise the grassroots-led Global Sussex Baby Shower was last Sunday. The Duke and Duchess of Sussex are immensely grateful for the outpouring of love and support in anticipation of their first child. And then they listed four charities that they would love for people to donate to in lieu of giving gifts. So I think this is really interesting because to me, it's almost like the Sussexes like broke the fourth wall of the fans. Like they actually responded to fans. And it's not as if William and Kate don't do things like I I don't I you know I hate comparing them and their efforts but I just think that there's something very special that happened here where they they used this brand new Instagram to respond to the fans and to say like we saw that you did this thing on Twitter and we want to commend you for it I mean I don't know I guess that's not a crazy thing to do to thank people for donating to charity on your behalf but it seems like a big deal to me because they were basically responding to a viral hashtag. Like they took time out of their day to respond to the fans and be like, we see you, we see what you're doing and we thank you for it, which is really special. And honestly, when it was one of my greatest hopes for the Instagram is that they would use it to be a little bit more personal and like to connect with the fans more directly. So I'm just loving it, loving it already. Caitlin's loving it. Loving it. I love it too. Um, so then they introduced a bunch of different charities that they or four different charities they'd like people to support so we're going to go through a list so if you need you can write it down yeah so and what i also liked is so they listed four in that initial post but then that wasn't enough they like highlighted each of the charities in additional posts so Mm -hmm. one of the first was um the lunchbox fund which provides a nutritious daily school meal to children in south africa who would otherwise go hungry since its inception the lunchbox fund has provided over 20 million meals to school children in need which is incredible and then they would love donations to Little Village. They said, similar to a food bank, Little Village is for clothes, toys, and essential essentials for babies and children up to the age of five. And uh, that one is London-based. Yes. And then the next, would you like to read it? Yes. Um, then there was Well Child, which is UK-based as well. Um, the Duke of Sussex has been a patron there since 2007. Um, it is for uh, children and young people who are living with serious illness or or who have exceptional health needs. Um, and so it's for, um, sorry, uh, I think it provides additional money so that they can get the children to be home with their families and give them, you know, health care at home. Um, yes. So that's incredible. And then so as if those organizations weren't special enough, then they suggested donating to Baby to Baby, which is a charity based in Los Angeles. And yes. And that's really important because obviously Megan's from there. Her mom still lives there. They are, you know, she loves California, as she should. She had California on her um, bail. 
So it says that um, they wrote on the post that baby to baby provides necessities for children zero to 12 years old who are living in poverty. And, you know, lest you think all these descriptions are the same for this one, it says as a native of Los Angeles, the Duchess of Sussex wanted to include a locally based charity from her hometown. I mean, the American over here loves that, you know. Yeah. I like her doing that. It's just like a lovely little touch. And for each of these charities, they posted photos of the children. And it's just these children looking so happy after they've gotten charitable support. And how can you not want to give money when you see these amazing kids? It's just like really, really amazing and inspiring. And so, so far, what we've seen of the Sussex Instagram is just nonstop charity work. Yes. I really, it's really inspiring. Yeah, that's amazing. And so we're going to go into some updates that we have. So Megan and Harry have moved into their new home at Frogmore Cottage in in Windsor. And then so we're looking at a people article that has a bunch of details about the home. And so it has a new green energy center, a floating floor, which is perfect for yoga. I don't understand what that means. What's a floating floor? I don't know. It might be like a basic thing that like homeowners know, but because we live in a place where we just like rent apartments, we don't know. A floating floor. It's springy. That's what the People article notes. And it's perfect for yoga. Is that like a gymnastics floor where there's springs in it? I have no idea. A springy floating floor. I want a floating floor. I feel like a house is just like a different world from the apartment. I was going to say a floor without cockroaches would also be welcome. Oh, man. I I know. I just. You got too real there. I got too Um, real. So then they also said this is a very relatable thing. They said that they are overseeing last minute touches, including bookcases built into alcoves. In a custom kitchen and dining room. And I feel like that's what people with houses do. Oh my God, a bookcase, bookcases built into alcoves. How nice would that be? That's my dream. Instead, I have Ikea. My dream is to have a library in a home one day or just like a room that I designate a library. It doesn't have to be like full bell, Beauty and the Beast style, but like a room that I could call my library would be really nice, you know? Yeah, I guess I would have to move. I would, I would really be okay with bookcases built into alcoves. And then there's a quote from somebody a former palace staffer with a really, really nice um, image of what it's like at Frogmore or at, at Windsor, at least. It says it has the most amazing mulberry walk where we would pick mulberries for Prince Philip's mulberry gin. What? And, and when the <laughs> queen is there on a Sunday afternoon, it is a five minute walk uphill for tea with granny. It is gorgeous. Wait. <sighs> yes. As we said, we're we're willing to visit. What? A, a mulberry walk? I didn't even know that was a concept. And also a mulberry gin. Prince Philip, that, that must be one of our next cocktails. We just have to find some mulberries. Write it down, Matt. Can you get mulberries in the United States? Can you get mulberries in New York? I don't know. I guess What's a mulberry? I'll like look at Trader Joe's. I don't know. <laughs> I could buy gin on Mulberry Street. That's a street in Little Italy. That's a thing. It's true. You could. Then I'm sure it's they mulberry have a liquor gin. store. Let's do it. Let's do that. <laughs> but it sounds like almost obscenely idyllic honestly in these descriptions it's well, like remember when we had victoria arbiter on yeah she was like of course they want to live there it is a beautiful a beautiful place. place and it sounds beautiful yeah i mean people notes lush gardens green fields a serene lake um there's endless acres to roam with the couple's two dogs and a new baby i mean they even interviewed two patrons of the nearby pub <laughs> um, and the pub, the the patrons, Frank and Mark, said it's absolutely beautiful there. You know, that's why the queen owns it. I just think they'll have a lovely life and they've got a nice pub to come to. Can't beat that, can you? That's a beautiful kicker. Okay. 
It's done. Okay, I'll move fine. there. Fine. I'll go. I'll go there. I'll have a house and I'll have an amazing life. Yeah. So again, Frogmore, it took six months to get there. It, the cottage is done and they get to move in before the baby arrives, which I've never had a baby or renovated a house, but those both sound like very stressful things. So I'm very glad that they are situated, have that new paint smell with non-toxic paint, as people note. And now they get to, you know, have a baby, get to that stage. Which sounds difficult. It does. Um, so then we have a couple of quick updates on her friends. Um, oh, how weird. Amal Clooney. I guess I'll talk about Amal Clooney. Oh, my Clooney. God. Lisa, if this article didn't exist, you would find a way to discuss Amal Clooney in this episode. I'm sorry, but have you like <laughs> heard of her? Um, okay, so we are looking at an L article, which cites an E! News article, and it says that Megan and Amal are really close and they've kind of been leaning on each other and Megan has gotten some advice from Amal, which I assume anyone would do with any of their friends that has children before they have kids. I mean, I, I would also, if I had access to Amal Clooney, I would call her up every time I had a question about my life. Well, Taxes, yeah. how to straighten my hair, what teeth whitener to use, you know, anything. Negotiate a salary. She could help with all of those things. Yes, which is not to say that she whitens her teeth. I'm just guessing. I know. She would have advice about everything. You know who does? Tom Sandoval. But that's another <laughs> conversation. I saw it on Instagram stories. He's from Vanderpump. I'm so sorry. I'm really deep into a journey into Vanderpump. Anyway, Amal. So uh, this quote, a source told E! News, Amal has been a wealth of knowledge on so many things. and So many things. And helped Megan settle in. She's given her advice on celebrity and living in the public eye. They've enjoyed sharing stories of travel and humanitarian causes. They often bounce ideas off of each other. Uh, Megan goes to a mall for so many things and really trusts her instincts. Yeah. Basically, I always, I have to say, I have to laugh at quotes like these occasionally. I feel like it came up also when Megan um, met Michelle Obama and a source was like, oh yes, they discussed, um, you know, women's education and all of their, their favorite charities in common. And I'm like, Maybe they too talked about Vanderpump rules. I mean, probably not. I just assume they didn't. But I just I, I believe yes, of course I believe that Amal and Megan discuss um what it's like to live in the public eye, what it's like to be pregnant. Um, they have so much in common, how they were both sort of thrust into the public eye because of the men that they married. But I also think maybe they talk about reality TV. I, mean, I want that to be true. Any of the listeners who follow me on Instagram on my really weak account, <laughs> they understand that I've been watching a lot of Vanderpump and I've got a lot of thoughts on Jax Taylor. Like, You've been going on a journey of Bravo TV that I encourage, admire, inspired. and respect. And I inspired it. That inspired might be why I like it so much. Anyway, we've, I'm sorry, it's a tangent. I'm sure that people are getting mad and like <laughs> tweeting about it's it. It's not a tangent. My point is, <laughs> I would love to know like what Abmal and Megan talk about when they're not just being their like absolutely amazing inspiring selves when they're being their more base mm -hmm. basic selves that's what i want to know and then obviously we all know that megan and serena williams who is one of the greatest athletes if not the greatest absolutely. athlete of all time uh we know that they are very close friends but she was recently interviewed by e-news and she said something that then turned into you know one of those things that people all freaked out about i mean listen like i saw the headline and it was like Serena Williams might have just revealed the sex of the royal baby. And already I went into this with like a gigantic grain of salt or a boulder of salt. But even once I like read it out, I was like, OK, come on, guys. Like 
first of all, Serena Williams knows what she's doing. Like she's not going to slip. And then the connection is truly so tenuous. It's like a little bit of an eye roll to me. So Serena was asked by E! News to give advice, like what advice she would have for a, like a new parent. And she said, um, my friend is pregnant and she was like, my kid's going to do this. I just looked at her like, no, she's not. And then she said, no, you're not like very quickly. And then people were like, did she just announce that it's a she? But First of all, she never said she was talking about Megan. I know. As I pointed out in my post. Yeah. 205 or hold on. I can't remember numbers. 250 people give birth per minute. So I'm confident Serena has other friends. friends. She just It was such an innocent comment. She was just like, oh, I have a friend who's pregnant and she thinks she does what the kid's going to do, but she's not going to do that. She the baby. Yeah. But like she has a daughter. So maybe she just was. It seems like just like a slip. It wasn't a whole thing. And that's kind of crazy that it blew up because Serena is a very careful person. Also, Serena Williams probably has a million friends. You know who one of her friends is? Beyonce. Beyonce. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't have that written down. Did not have that planned. I just knew. Um, But exactly. Like, Serena Williams has a million friends. She can be friends with whoever she wants. She could absolutely be my friend. I would hugely welcome that. She can come on the podcast whenever she wants. She's welcome to. She's welcome to. She has a million friends. Like, I'm sure she has other friends who are pregnant, like, it doesn't have to be Meghan Markle just when she refers to a pregnant friend. Oh, my God. The scrutiny around her friends, it just, like, goes to show that, like, we're really ready for any moment to get any hint about mm-hmm. this baby. So, like, yikes. So, speaking of friends, this is my segue. Um, the boys, and by that I mean Harry, Charles, and William, they were out the other night. Looking dapper AF. Wearing tuxes at the premiere of... Netflix's Our Planet. Yes. But... What we noticed more than them all together was David Beckham. (laughs) Yeah. So this is, you know, we are Anglophiles after all. And so we have extra appreciation for David (laughs) Beckham. That's exactly it. That's the only reason. Uh, But yeah, I, it was just a a great event, you know, like, especially like, I'm not even going to go there, but after all the BS that we've had from the recent weeks of like the boys fighting, it was really wonderful to see like our three dudes, Prince of Wales, Duke of Cambridge, Duke of Sussex at this event, all looking incredibly fancy and there to watch a documentary about climate change. Yes. And so David Beckham was there with his son. Was it Brooklyn? Yeah, Yeah, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Um, And then we are looking at a Daily Mail article. You're not referencing it, but we are looking at the pictures in it. And there are some pretty great pictures in this article. The photos are honestly hysterical. Like, yes, as mentioned, it's really nice to see all of our dudes being dapper. But there's one picture where um, <laughs> Brooklyn and David Beckham are speaking to Prince William. And Prince William, first of all, is like half a head taller than David Beckham, which like is just not what I would imagine. Yeah. I don't know if you're like a super sports fan and a big uh, football fan, as they call it over well, there. Well, David Beckham's hair is like an inch tall, too. Yeah, but it's still like significantly shorter than yeah. William. Anyway, I mention it because in the photo, William is the one who's talking in this circle of men. And David Beckham is just gazing at him with like adoration in his eyes. And it just, I don't know, it really warms my heart to think of David Beckham like looking up to Prince William. Don't quote that, please. Why? Not you, the tabloids. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, what did I say that was wrong? I just, no, you were saying everything right. I just now will see th- something like, that's going to get picked up. Well, listen, let it get picked up because David Beckham is looking at him with just true joy and appreciation. Yes. I mean, it's it's just like love. I think he's he's 
definitely older than Prince William, but he just clearly respects him and this cause because he's there with his son, took time out of his busy schedule to support it. Um, just like a dapper dude's night out. I really appreciate that. Yeah. It's cute. It was really cute. And so the whole night was very important. And then we have one final piece of news. <sighs> This is something that Caitlin loves and she hates, but yeah. she doesn't hate it for what it is. She hates it for the timeline of it. <laughs> so uh, this week, this day, um, The Crown and Netflix announced that they have cast their Princess Diana, or as she will be in season four, Lady Diana Spencer. So the actress Emma Corrin will play Diana. Um, they announced this casting, and as they always do, it came with like a perfect quote from the actress. Yes. Remember, I loved so much when they cast the Camilla Parker Bowles role, and the actress said something like, I spent high school like smoking, like snogging boys with a bad haircut. So I'm pretty prepared for this role. And I was like, <laughs> that's a great, very British quote. But in this case, um, the actress Emma Corrin said, I have been glued to the show and to think I'm now joining this incredibly talented acting family is surreal. Princess Diana was an icon and her effect on the world remains profound and inspiring. To explore her through Peter Morgan's writing is the most exceptional opportunity and I will strive to do her justice, exclamation point. Um, I don't know much about Emma's career, but the headshot that they tweeted and the photos I looked up, she, I mean, she seems like a perfect Princess Diana. She has those gigantic, almost kind of sad eyes, like searching eyes. And that's really the most important thing to me. Yeah, like hair you can cut and everything and dye mm -hmm. blonder. But those eyes, they just, they seem exactly right for the role. Yeah, we're so excited for that in like two years or whenever. <laughs> yeah, it's, the thing is, as the as Netflix notes itself, she'll play Diana in The Crown season four. Now, we don't have a premiere date for The Crown season three. But you so know why how, are you doing this to me? You know how Netflix does it? They, they like kind of just drop it when you least expect. Yeah, rude. I, I need things to... <laughs> rude. Rude. I need things to live for. I need things to be excited about. Um, the last season of The Crown aired dropped December 2017. So we're approaching at, it's going to be, I think, two years before between these seasons. We'll have to see. That's tough. So before we adjourn the Royal Pod, we have some highs and lows. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. Um, Caitlin, please tell me my low? Well, my low, because we're, we start with lows now. Um, my low is, uh, yeah, the crown. I just, where is the crown? Why are you guys doing this to me? And I thought I was just like alone in my rage, but of course I'm not. When they tweeted this, I I like hi, I picked up the tweet and I looked at the responses and every single tweet response was people being like, oh, cool, cool. She seems great. Where is season three? Like, why are you doing this? How are you making announcements about season four when you haven't even aired season three? Like, yes, we've gotten hints about casting. We've seen them filming. They've released photos to hype people up, but they still haven't given us a date and I remember when we had uh Catherine from Vulture on like a million months ago and she was like guys I think it's going to be a while but that was last fall why is this Catherine, happening Catherine come back and help us why is this happening Lisa yes it's um, so rude so then Milo which again is also a high because I just want everyone to be happy and healthy but like where's the baby <laughs> 
So our two lows are um, our own impatience. Where is the crown? Where is the baby? Yes, we are very flawed individuals, as many people have noted. <laughs> I mean, I want all of those things to take all the time that they need, one a bit more serious than the other, of course. But like, yeah. I just, I'm impatient and I'm ready for the next phase. So what's your high? So my high is how active this Instagram account is. I love it. I really, it's like given me something to really look forward to. They've been posting almost every day since they created the account last week. And like I said, I thought they would only post every once in a while, sort of like the Kensington Palace Instagram, like when they had a real sort of like, quote unquote, reason to do so, you know, like a special event. But they've really been posting up a storm. And so I'm really excited to think about a, when this baby arrives and how they post about it there and B, what it will be like when Megan's back in action and they're posting all the time. I'm ready. Yes. I'm excited. I'm happy. And then my high is that the New York Times style section oh, yes. posted its FAQ, the royal baby frequently asked questions and answers to everything you ever wanted to know and some things you didn't, which is by <laughs> Katie Weaver, who is one of the best writers of our generation. Yes. Yes. And so it's just hilarious and perfect and I am still working my way through it because I've had a very busy day. It's but. an excellent, excellent read. Uh, Katie Weaver also did a hilarious, they sent her to Windsor for the Sussex wedding Yes, and her sort of, I don't know if you would call it a review or what, but it's just so funny and so great and she is a Royals fan. We should, we should try to get her on the pod. I mean, we can she is an inspiration. Yes. But everyone read that article as well because her lead, her opening paragraph of the Sussex wedding is one of the finest paragraphs that's been written on the internet in the last decade. And that's high praise. It's high praise. High praise. So you guys can drop us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com to ask us any and all questions about the Royals. Um, please remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you'd like. Caitlin, will you please read this review? Yeah, this is from Simply Justine 16 I absolutely love this podcast, especially when I'm about to pull my hair out from the attitude my two-year-old, my Two year is giving me, lol. As a single mom, sometimes I crave that adult time, and this podcast is that for me. After my little lady finally goes to sleep at night, I'm able to check out and check in on the Royals with this amazing podcast. It's very funny, and it gives me all the details I'm dying to know as a lifelong fan of the Royals. It also doesn't hurt that I feel like I'm just gabbing with girlfriends, which I have zero time to do otherwise. Thank you, lovely ladies, for making my Thursday nights extra. Cheers. I I am extra. Extra yes. is, a, is a great word. But this um, is so sweet. I know. We're... I really, this crushed my heart. Um, I love to think of a single mom listening to the podcast and that I would, I, <laughs> that we would provide any. Oh, yeah. I'm here too, Caitlin. <laughs> Sorry. Do you I, see me? I like to, I'm, I'm happy whenever I, we hear that we're like providing any sort of comfort through tough times. Like we've also been hearing a lot from readers who listen to us while we're running, which again, I, while they're running, which I don't understand at all. Um, yeah, I'm still like trying to get over my knee injury from that yeah, one time. We're very bad runners, first of all. And second of all, why listen to us while you're running when you could be listening to Beyonce? I mean, JK, listen to us, rate us, subscribe, etc. But like... We are no... We would never be her. We're not Beyonce. We would know? never ever. We can't motivate you through a run like that. We can't even like say that in the sen same sentence. We can't even. <laughs> it's like sacrilege. So follow the show on Instagram at Really Obsessed Podcast. Lisa's really upset that I said that. <laughs> I know. I'm like... Like, How she is you? sacred. How dare um, you? And join our Facebook group, Really Obsessed. Uh, you can follow me, Lisa, at Lisa Raya, on Twitter and Instagram, and read my writing at The Cut. Caitlin. You can follow me, Caitlin, at HeyKMens, H-E-Y-K-M-E-N-Z, on Twitter and Instagram. And until next week, God save the pod. Maybe next week there'll be a baby. Who knows? Every week I'm going to say it. You should. And be sad. <laughs> until I'm happy. <laughs> Drink that. Mm. 
Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.